Hello and welcome back to the Down to the Wire podcast. We are back once again. Little break after the British Grand Prix weekend. I feel like we needed it, to be honest. Um, and if we thought that was thrilling, well, hungry, well and truly delivered. Um, Jack, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, that, that It was a terrific race and I'm buzzing off of it. But uh, also there's uh, just 10 days now mm. until the uh, Premier League season starts. So it's all systems Is it only go. 10 days? It's only 10 days. 10 days, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's all happening. It's all happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hungry, flipping heck. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. It was just... Yeah. It was chaotic. It had brilliant racing. Considering as well, like... Hungary, in the past, has been a bit notorious for being very difficult to overtake at. We had some brilliant overtaking um, in all parts of the field, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, should we uh, Should we jump straight in? Let's do that. Let's go lap one. Let's do that. Okay, so I guess uh, in terms of qualifying, I mean, the front three was uh, Hamilton followed by Bottas, followed by Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I was a little bit surprised at. I don't know about you, Jeff. But, um... Yeah, going into the race, particularly after seeing what happened in Monaco, and Monaco is, well, Hungary's described as um, Monaco without the, the sort of streets or the glamour. Um, yes. It's just a circuit version of Monaco in a sense. Um, so, yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought we were going to see the Ferraris. I thought we were going to see uh, the Red Bull dominating this weekend. but uh, And Mercedes very much struggle. Yeah, but... Clearly, those upgrades they've been doing have uh, paid their dividends. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so that was qualifying. Obviously, we didn't have the, uh, the sprint race this time like we did uh, last race oh. in uh, Silverstone. S- sorry, I just thought about something which I haven't even put in the notes. In qualifying, what did you make of the shenanigans uh, where Hamilton was going... Quite slow, to be fair, uh, on that last, sorry, on the flying lap. Well, not on the flying lap, on the lap before the flying lap, which meant that sort of Verstappen just had to rush just to make it to the line and Perez didn't actually make it to the line. What did you make of that, just out of curiosity? Um, I would argue that, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, personally. Fair. Um, if Verstappen wanted to be 100% certain of getting a lap in, should have gone out a little bit earlier in front of the Mercedes cars. That's my thinking. Um, am I right in saying as well that Bottas was ahead of Hamilton? Yes, yes. So Bottas had probably had about a five, six second gap on Hamilton mm. going, you know, on the lap itself um, because Hamilton was going slow to try and keep the Red Bulls behind. But yeah, I just wonder what your thoughts were. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything in that, to be honest. I mean... Uh, but then saying that, I don't think Red Bull were really complaining about that, were they? No, I think they, just they basically said, said it's, it's, it's just, just is what it is. As in, yeah. if Verstappen did the same thing to Hamilton, I'd think nothing of it. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure even, I'm not sure Hamilton was even doing it in in his head to think, oh, we'll we'll slow uh, Red Bull up here. I genuinely think he was just pro- probably trying to keep a gap between himself and Bottas, and just trying to save the tyres as much as he could for his hot lap. Maybe I I don't think I I don't think there was much uh, gamesmanship there per se. I mm. think that's just you know as in I think any driver would do the same. And ultimately, if if Verstappen was that bothered about getting the lap in, he could have overtaken Hamilton. Yeah, there was a sort of a gent a driver's agreement in a sense, uh, unwritten rule not to overtake on those sort of warm up laps if you know towards the end that is. I just yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. 
I agree, but if uh, if they deemed Hamilton to be going too slow, I think they'd be well within their right to go, right, we're going to go past them and get our lap in. Fair enough. You know? Okay. Um, those are my thoughts. What about you? Well, I, I do think he was slowing down uh, quite a lot, just to make sure that they were really pressed for the, you know, for time, in a sense, when they did go to do their last lap. Um, mm. But, yeah, I agree. Red Bull probably should have just overtaken him uh, if they wanted to not be in that situation and they probably should have a bit of foresight not to go out so mm. late um, so yeah it's their own fault but also well, yeah, I mean, smart by Hamilton it, it's, it's a bit of risk reward isn't it because you know it's like um, it's very similar to what happened with Hamilton in Monaco where he was on a quick lap he could see that it was uh, not going to be as quick so he bailed and then Leclerc crashed and, and Hamilton didn't get to do another fast lap so you know you save the car for the end of the session when the track is at its best, but you run the risk of not being able to get your lap in. So, fair, fair. I think it swing, swings on roundabouts. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, going on to the race. Lap one. On to the race. Chaos. Well, actually, I don't know why I said lap one. Turn one. Chaos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the rest of lap one was rather boring because it was all behind a safety car. <laughs> Well, 25% of the drivers who started the race didn't make it past turn one, I don't think. Mm. Um, such well, was who, the who was... So, yeah, just for... So, again, if you've uh, not watched the race, d- d- don't listen to this podcast. Go and watch the race first and then come back to this. Because <laughs> um, you you're going to get an awful lot of spoilers listening to this, to be honest. Who would have thought? Um, not, not that we don't appreciate you being here, but uh, for your own benefit. Um, yeah, so... Turn one. Yeah. I, I don't even know where to start to be on. There's so much happening. Should we start with Bottas? Yeah. Well, Bottas okay. crashed into Norris, who crashed into Verstappen, mm. whilst Bottas followed through Norris into Perez. And also, yes, just just to tally up the, the score of drivers who crashed out, uh, Lance Stroll T-boned Leclerc at the exact same corner. So a lot of cars got into a lot of contact. But yeah, starting with Bottas. Proceed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth noting as well that like Bottas had an absolutely horrific start. Um, I feel like Hamilton had a very good start, which may have exaggerated how it looked. If that makes sense. Yeah, but at the same um, time, both Norris Verstappen, and Perez. Yeah. Or was it? Well, and Verstappen. Yeah, and Verstappen all flanked him before the first turn, which is quite yes. impressive. So, so yeah, um, someone described so, but, it as yeah. being mugged. Um, I thought it was quite apt. Yes, it, it was. It was. Um, he was very much under the cosh straight away. Um, <laughs> very slippery conditions, and I think what made it interesting was the fact that both all. Well, sorry, I say both. All of the practice sessions and qualifying had all been dry. Um, so this was kind of the first sort of wet. Um, well, wet racing there had been for for the Formula One. Obviously, it was the first sort of wet conditions they'd had in Hungary. Um, but as you say, it was a bit of a domino effect. Bottas went into Norris, who was then completely out of control and plunged into Verstappen. And while Bottas was still going, he took out Perez. Um, it was just carnage, absolute carnage. It was it was one of those ones where like the cars spun around everywhere. You know, there were a couple of cars who got caught in the melee and. Managed to survive, like, well, I say survive. Verstappen, he, he survived but had significant I'm damage. Amazed. Um, <laughs> that he survived. Yeah, I don't know. I, 
Yeah, I don't know how he survived, to be honest. Um, Danny Rick, as well, also kind of got caught in the melee and managed to survive again with damage. It seemed that if um, you were a slow starter or a slow qualifier, this was the race for you. Because <laughs> yeah. literally everyone, I think at the end, or rather the start of lap three, there were only two cars that started the top ten that were in the top ten. Um, well, I mean, I, you know, we're saying that Bottas had a poor start. I think the only man who had a worse start, possibly, was Sebastian Vettel. And by the yeah. end of the first lap, he was third. Second? Oh, yeah, third. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Third, because Ocon forget, managed to kind of yeah, sneak through. Forgot that Hamilton was still up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was just absolute chaos. Our description won't do it justice. You have to go and watch it, really, if you haven't seen it. Um. Yeah, so... I don't think it's just the fact that cars were out of the race. There are some who've taken uh, lasting damage. So I think they've said that uh, Charles Leclerc is going to have to take another engine, isn't he? Yeah, Perez and Verstappen um, both are going to as well because of it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of cars. Is Verstappen as well, is he? Yeah. Because I thought Verstappen had a new, car, a new engine at this race. I believe they were used... Well, so he's going to have to no, have another one, it's is the he? same engine. They managed to fix it, but this has done, the, this has done enough. That he can't. He can't I thought. Use it I thought. I thought. I read somewhere that he'd taken a new engine for the race. Oh, I may. Okay, that may be right. Not hundred percent, but I was pretty sure from what I heard that um, Verstappen. Well, because they'd sent that en- the engine off from Silverstone back to Honda's factory in Japan, and I thought they'd fixed it. And this has kind of just put the nail in the coffin. But I may be wrong. I guess what you're saying might be true. So this could be the fact that he's taken two. Um, What's called new engines <laughs> or additional engines yeah. on top of what he's allowed. So, yeah, 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 it does seem quite um, harsh for those drivers who've not really actually done anything wrong to get those um, uh, hits. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, Bottas has got a penalty as has Stroll. Mm-hmm. Um, both Did got Stroll? five place grid penalties. Okay. Yeah, Stroll's got one as well, I believe. Um, well, how, so they, they they both got one. How much of the crashes, starting with Bottas, do you think was actually his fault, and how much do you think actually was just the conditions? Like, how, like in a sense, some people, you know, just break too late. It's their fault. Some people get mm. caught out by the conditions. Um, um, what? How, how? Like, what percentage of it was that Bottas being stupid? <laughs> I mean, let me put it this way. I think the if you compare Stroll with Bottas, as in the the the, the incidents, Stroll's is much worse for me. Really, I think so, and I'll tell you why. I know the impact of Bottas is is more significant because ultimately his thing has taken out four cars, whereas the Stroll one only really took out himself and Leclerc, right? Mm-hmm. Um. However, I think there are a couple of mitigating circumstances that Bottas, the, the one with Bottas, you know, the, the, there's other factors there. So I think first, well, I say firstly, the main thing is that, you know, he got swamped from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this sounds a bit ridiculous because at the end of the day, they are Formula 1 drivers, but I think he just got a bit spooked. As in, like, I, I think because both of them kind of came from both sides... And not, not shut the door in front of him, but kind of, like, eased across him. He kind of didn't really have anywhere to go. I do think it's still his fault, because, you know, it, it's a mistake. But then, you know, they've all said it's his mistake. Mercedes have come out and said it's a mistake. Bottas has come out and said that he misjudged it. 
I, I think that's part of the hazard of racing in those sort of conditions when, you know, it's going to happen, you know, the the best do it. Um, however, with Lance Strolls, I think he just completely misjudged it. Um, and if you watch the footage again, the only reason he ends up where Leclerc's car is is because he brakes, realises that he's going to plough into the car in front of him, makes a desperate dive to try and get out of the way, and it just happens that Leclerc's in the way. So I'll agree, but I will say that at least... Um... Got his name already. Isn't that awful? Bottas or <laughs> no, Stroll? Stroll. At least Stroll uh, had the awareness or the foresight to think something could happen and, in a sense, reacted. Or, I don't know if, obviously, it's what circumstances you're in. Bottas had cars either side of him. Stroll I was about to say, like, we're, Stroll, the, the problem is, Stroll did make a go? effort to avoid. And then he was going to go into Ocon, avoided again, was going to go into the back of Leclerc, avoided again to go onto the grass, but was take, carrying so much speed that then he T-bones Leclerc. Whilst mm. with Bottas, I feel like he was just going straight and he didn't really think, hang on, if this guy in front of me oh, breaks, where do I it's, go? It's a and mistake. He just, you know what I mean? He just went straight into look, the back of him. I'm not saying it's not Bartas's fault. It's 100% a yeah. mistake. He's braked way too late. Okay. Um, however, I think it's easy to watch replays and say, oh, he should have braked there. When it's all happening at that speed and you've got cars coming across you, there's mist you know, flying up from the back of the cars as well because of the spray. Um, and I kind of get what you're saying, but ultimately, where was, where was Bartas going to go? Mm. He had nowhere to go. He had a car to his left. He had a car to... Like in front of him, to the right is off the track. Well, that's you know. the thing. I thought, I well, I'm not saying he should have because obviously he just got caught out. But I don't know. I just thought on the Lance Stroll side of things, I thought he at least made an effort to. Well, I know obviously you can. Ha- he had an opportunity to make an effort. That's the difference. But uh, I yeah, I, but, but, I thought I thought what Stroll did was less worthy of a penalty than what uh, Bottas did, purely because he at least had the opportunity and did make the most of the opportunity to, to avoid the crash whilst Bottas did I mean the the speed he was carrying he didn't just hit Norris he managed to hit the car and follow through into Perez he must have been carried a yeah. tremendous amount of speed to do yeah, that but, but, it, but, but it's because he, his wheels have locked up so it's not that he's just kept going it's, it's, he's braked his wheels have locked up and he's just slid so as soon as his wheels lock up he hasn't got any control so it doesn't doesn't really matter what speed he's carrying. The, the the damage is done as soon as the wheels lock up, and that and that's part of the hazards of those conditions. Um, I I do think the thing that is frustrating me a little bit with this scenario, and I'm going to have a bit of a rant here, so I'm going to warn you. Go on. Is that teams seem to want to? There always seems to be a want to apportion blame, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to pre- preface this by saying. Bottas has 100% made a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. Bottas has braked way too late, and as a result, a lot of cars have been taken out. However, that is part of Formula 1. Think of the amount of times... Like, for example, Charles Leclerc at the start of last season, Austria, plunges his car up the inside, takes out Sebastian Vettel's wing. Mistake. That's just the way it is. Drivers make mistakes... I don't understand. And, like, Norris came out as well and said something along the lines of, um, oh, well, you know, perhaps it's because he's at the front so often, he's forgotten how to race, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's to like, learn mate, how to race in the pack. It's like, mate, he's probably got more podiums than you have race starts. Like, pipe down. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but you know, I can see his point. 
He said, no, I'm sorry. Bottas makes a lot of mistakes in the pack compared to... Does he? He did the one with Russell as well. you want to know something? That is the first time the Valtteri Bottas has not finished the first lap of a Grand Prix. Oh yeah, that's the first. Yeah, but that's not the point he's making. There, he's not making it about particularly on the first lap. He's saying in the pack he makes mistakes. He did the one Does with he Russell. Though? He's done the one that's, now. With yeah, Norris. but yeah, but that was that. But that was fifty-fifty. Well, not fifty-fifty, but as in it wasn't all Bottas's fault. I, so I, I wouldn't have said that was Russell's fault. No, but I wouldn't have said that it was solely Bottas's fault either. You know, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I I think. What I guess I'm saying is, is that that was, it was a mistake, but I don't get this need to kind of be like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I, I just think it's a little bit, it's a little bit salty of Norris, to be honest. Well, actually, I, I understand can that he's just salt. I can understand it because he's been given so many penalty points and penalties for such petty things from the FIA this year. In terms, of, you think of the one in Baku where it's like you cross the white line um the pit lane entry and he was like yeah but there was a car crashed it was like you know is it shut is it open he wasn't sure you just playing the safe option you think to austria it's like perez goes for an ambitious one on the outside and all of a sudden that's norris's fault and then he gets he's had i mean all eight of his penalty points i think were under dubious circumstances and he's like well if i'm getting oh, yeah. all of these but then when's bottas has to get something because it they don't. They got. Well, they got I a mean, comparison. You know what I mean. I I, I agree, but, but the one thing I would say is that Bottas has got a five place grid penalty for next week, or next race, whenever it is. So it's four weeks now, isn't it? Um, and I would argue that Norris's ones. He shouldn't be saying, "Oh, well, because I got this, Bottas should get this." It should be more. Why is he getting penalty? We said this at the time with the one in Austria. Norris should never have got a penalty. No, true. Um, but if he is, I think he's like, well. I think I think all people want is it to be consistent. It's like if I'm gonna get royally done over every single race because of really small things. It's like he's mm. done something which has taken out three or four big drivers. Mm. It's like well, you know, you've got yeah. to come down hard on him because I, you know what I mean. I I, I think to some point to some extent rather Norris's reaction was out of frustration out of the fact that he's like oh I've yeah I can so look, I... many. Give him something, yes. please. <laughs> I can, I can, I can understand this frustration. I can understand this frustration. However, mistakes are part of racing, mm-hmm. and I do think there's a danger that if you ping Bottas really harshly for what happened on the weekend, firstly, you're going to get into the kind of dubious situation where you are punishing um, mistakes. Because at the end of the day, the rules and regulations are there to uh, encourage fair driving, right? Not to, um, and and they they said this quite a lot with the um, the Verstappen Hamilton one a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't matter what the outcome of the incident is; mm-hmm. it's whether they deem the cause of the incident to have been foul play, basically. Yeah, and to be fair, and they in did that say scenario, that. They did say that with the Bottas one this week. They said, "Yeah, it may have yeah. been a big crash, which a lot of people went out at, but in the circumstances, it's wet, and he's just collided with one car." Yeah, he's made a mistake. He's he's made a mistake. It's as simple as that. And I guess what I'm saying is, is that I think it's unfair for, and I, look, perhaps it's not fair what I said about Norris earlier. I can understand this frustration because ultimately. He's had a fantastic start. He's absolutely pinged Bottas off the line, and he's lost a lot of points Doug, because of these he's, Yeah, values. he's he's 
Yeah, he's done everything right in that circumstance, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, he's completely out of the race. Um, so, yeah, bit of a bit of a controversial one, I think, to be honest. Um, but ultimately, you know, they've got penalties. It is what it is. They move on, I guess. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm going to have a rant now. Cause, Go on. Because what I don't like is the inconsistency with the safety cars and red flags this year. It isn't a point that's okay, been highlighted. That's so maybe I'm, I'm on my own in this one. But th- this weekend, I thought, why on earth have they waited so long to firstly put out the safety car, secondly to put out a red flag? I'm just thinking back now. You go to Imola, Russell and Bottas collide, red flag instantly out. And this meant that Hamilton's mm-hmm. position was safe at that point when he'd spun off. Just say, just say. Then you go to Baku, three laps remaining. Verstappen's car tyre just explodes out of no reason whatsoever. And mm-hmm. what you know, instantly red flag. And it was like, why are we doing red flags in that scenario when there's three laps left? It's like you can just go round at a normal speed. If that ends the race, it ends the race. But what does it do? Red flag allows everybody to get into new tyres, providing Hamilton an opportunity to overtake Perez with the fresh tyres, because he, he wasn't going to get past him before then. Then you go to Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Verstappen crashes out. They threw the, the safety car flag immediately to protect Hamilton's position, I'm saying. And then the red flag came out half a lap later. Now we come to Hungary. The single biggest collision we've had this year in terms of the number of cars affected, they waited almost half a lap to do the safety car, which meant loads of the affected drivers were getting overtaken. Then, once all those guys have gone into the pit, then they do the red flag. And then it's like, well, all those people who had pitted are now even... You know what I mean? They've been double done by this because they didn't have to pit at that point. So I'm just thinking, surely, as soon as you've got multiple cars retired at the end of the longest straight on the circuit under the wet conditions it's going to be a red flag there's no way you're going to race down that again because there's just so many cars there um like crashed out you know what I mean? you think leclerc's car was there perez's was a little bit up the road bottas's car was there ocon's car was there it was like i just don't understand why the red flag was now instantly and it's like well should they protect the position of drivers from once the first flag is flown because to be fair they did do the yellow pretty early on but surely they should, they should either cap it there or throw the red flag there and then. I just don't understand why they waited so long. Because as a result, Verstappen's gone around a few more, well, the rest of that lap and getting overtaken by a few more people. Because somehow, even with the damage or the hits, he was still something like 10th that little bit. And then he got overtaken by a few more. And then he pits and then they throw the red. I was just like, this seems like way inconsistent to what we've seen in the other races with the reds and yellow flags. And I just wondered... Why did they wait so long, this race in particular, to wave those red and safety car situations? What were your th- do, you, do you ever notice that? Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is that as soon as the yellow flags are waved, you can't overtake anyway. Mm-hmm. Assuming that all cars are on the circuit. I mean, it's different for Verstappen because he was off the track, so mm-hmm. all of the other cars just kind of carry on as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can kind of see what you're saying in terms of the... Um, it's the speed they're given. That was my issue. It was like it's just in the yeah. other ones. It was like obviously there's going to be a red flag, so they throw the red flag mm. immediately. Whilst on this one, it was like obviously there's going to be a red flag. Like even when it happened, mm. I thought that's a red flag. That, and, but they waited mm. a whole lap, pretty much. And so it was like, so what? What were the other examples you used? Then was Baku one of them? Baku was one of them, where Verstappen's yeah. car crashed in a relatively easy to retrieve area. And in previous races, mm. if a car has crashed out on the home straight, they just get the guys to 
what's it called, um, drive down the pit lane instead so they can clear it there. And they, mm. I don't understand why they brought up... I know kind of why. It's because they didn't know what was going to happen with these tyres, where they were just going to start I exploding. Mean, but they, what we've seen in previous races, I mean, I, I can't remember what year it was, but it was when I think Lonzo won... The, the world title and I think did he win it underneath safety car conditions where they all just went round for the last lap or something and I was thinking mm. just going back to that I thought why haven't we had a replication of that why have we done the red flag here it seems to have given some um, an opportunity I mean the one thing I would say is that they have kind of um, used the red flag a lot more in the past couple of years than they, they would have previously okay. um, I mean I would kind of agree with your statement about Baku however it isn't an easy place to retrieve but it's still on the track because mm-hmm. ultimately it's a street circuit and the scenario you never want to have people it doesn't matter how because at the end of the day even though they're under safety car conditions they're still traveling like 70 mile an hour right as in they're yeah. just not going as fast as they can go so I think the back of one is slightly different, and you've also got the issue of it's not just where the car is, it's where all of the debris was, mm-hmm. and in that circumstance, it was over the whole, um, over the like the width of the track, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I do get what you're saying, though, as in, like, why... I don't know why they've seemed to hot up on the, um, the red flags. I mean, I think the reason they've potentially done it is because of the, the um, issue there was with the... With Jules Bianchi a few years back. Yeah, to be fair. Um, oh, I, however, I don't have qualms with them however, throwing yeah, but, red flags. But, no, but but as in, that was still a couple of years ago, and it only seems to be in the last two seasons that they've really hotted up on it. So I do kind of agree with you there, to be honest. Um, one thing I would say for Hungary is it's worth noting that a lot of the cars that eventually retired did start keep going around the circuit. Mm-hmm. Lando Norris wasn't out immediately. Oh, Danny Ricardo wasn't out immediately. Oh, Danny Ricardo finished Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With damage, yeah, um, yeah. Danny Ricardo didn't go out immediately. Um, so you got Norris, Ricardo, Verstappen. Um, Ocon and Leclerc, obviously, both, I think. I'm pretty sure they both were out of that first turn. I don't think they. Well, Ocon wasn't. But was he not? Um, well, Ocon won, mate. <laughs> not Ocon. I meant uh, Stroll. Stroll? So yeah, so I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Stroll was pretty much out straight away because I think his front left was... Uh, the arms were gone on the, the steering. So, I think there are... And Verstappen... Um, not Verstappen. Bottas was out straight away. Um, I mean... Really, I... Uh, it's a bit of a tricky one, ultimately. I mean, I... I, I think the bottom line is, is that when the... Um, Flags are raised anyway. Um, as in, the, when the yellow flag happens, you can't overtake, right? No. So as but soon as the yellow flag in was the, only in this, for sector one at the beginning, so they were allowed was. to race for the next two sectors. It was, but then, the but then, what you got to remember is, is, as soon as there's a red flag anyway, they all go to the pits, and that's where they are, mm-hmm. and then you're having a restart on the grid anyway. Yeah. So that kind of um, advantage, I guess that the front runners have compared to Verstappen, for example, because he's having to rejoin the track, mm-hmm. that's effectively wiped out. It is, but um, they waited so long on the red flag was my issue. Like, Verstappen actually had time to pit, come out, and then the red flags happened. Yeah, I mean... 
I was just surprised. Mm. It, it was the it's the lack of consistency with how soon after an incident a red flag is thrown. Like going back, sorry, because I got all these examples. Going to the Baku one, that one I was mm. surprised that a red flag was thrown. But I've, I, I, I'm not just because of where the car was. Yeah, but yeah, that that, that is sort of just second. My my the, the reason I brought up that one was because I didn't think a red flag was going to be thrown, and a red flag was flown instantly. Go into the mm. Imola one, a red flag was thrown instantly, uh, and I thought a red flag was going to be thrown instantly. Silverstone, a flag was fr- uh, the red fr- sorry yeah the red flag was thrown pretty much instantly. But this one, which e- arguably my point being relating back to the um, Baku one was that this was by far a bigger incident I thought or in terms of there was absolutely no question it's going to be a red flag and I was just like why have they waited so long on the red flag this is isn't consistent with what they've been doing in other races yeah that Um, was my big point from it really was the lack of consistency with the timings mm, of them mm. I mean what you've also got to remember is as well is that um, you know they threw a flag instantly at Imola you got to remember where that is on the circuit. If another car comes down there and, say, bursts a tyre on the debris, they're plunging into those two cars. Which is why I was um, surprised, because I thought this one... I know, obviously, there's no debris on the... Well, there probably was a bit of debris, but I thought, someone's brakes fail. That's You know, they're going straight into another car, which is already... Mm. That, that, that was... I was thought, there's absolutely no question that there should be a red flag here. Why are they waiting so long? Uh, yeah, I, I do think it's because of the fact that they weren't on the track. I think that's probably why it was a bit longer... Mm-hmm. When you look at, I'm not surprised at um, Baku purely because it was on the on it's on the track. Yeah. I know it's not necessarily the fastest racing line, but it's on the track. Mm-hmm. Imola, it was just off the track. Um, this one, it is into you know okay, you could have brake failure. However, if they go in the safety car speeds, which they should be, in sector one, and I think by the time they'd come around, you know. I, I guess what I'm saying, I don't have a massive issue with it, really, to be honest. I don't think they've done anything majorly wrong. You could argue that perhaps they should have done it sooner, um, which I think would be a valid argument, but I I think it's kind of negligible. I mean, yeah, that, that that's my thinking. Fair. Do you, so are you, are you thinking that it, it benefited certain drivers and hindered others, or are you just fr- yeah, well, frustrated in, in the sense that the f- it, it's inconsistent? Both. I'm frustrated at the inconsistency, <laughs> but also frustrated that the one time it's been inconsistent has been pretty much the only time it hasn't benefited in particular drivers. I'm not saying there's that Go conspiracy. On, say, it. say it. Every say time it. there's you been know. a red flag, it has been massively beneficial to Hamilton. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and this time it would have been massively beneficial to Verstappen, and it didn't come out at all when it should have. And I was like. Pfft. I mean, I kind of, <laughs> I part, I partly agree with what you're saying. However, as we shall come on to momentarily, in the end, it didn't really yeah. benefit Which, Hamilton all that much. Very sporting <laughs> of Mercedes not to pit. <laughs> <laughs> I felt good on you. Let's have a proper battle from the back. That's what we had. Um, should should yeah. we should we move on to that then? Yeah. Lap we, three. Do we feel we've covered? Lap three, yeah. Restart. <laughs> lap three. We're half an hour in, and we're on lap three. Ten just, minutes. Per just lap. to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify, in terms of like our podcast notes, there's about a page and a bit for lap one, a paragraph for lap three, and then for the rest of the race, there's probably less than a page. So don't think you're gonna be here for like ten hours. Seven hundred minutes. Um, yeah, twelve hours later. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so anyway, the restart. Obviously, as you said, we have the red flags. They all come in. Um, the plan is to do um, uh, a grid start. So, you know, all of the cars come out of the pits with their fresh tyres, etc. Um, you know, some have done repairs. Like, I know <clears throat> uh, the Red Bull have done repairs for Verstappen because, obviously, his car had been minced in the, the earlier skirmish. Um, so, they all go around and then... Uh, George Russell comes on the radio, doesn't he? And goes, oh, guys, the way this is going, everyone's going to be pitting for the mediums. And you're thinking, flipping heck, this, this is going to be yeah. carnage. But, because it's and actually then, common logic at that point. It's like, if you know it's going to be mediums very soon, why not just do yeah, it yeah. Under, under this situation? Yeah, yeah. Nobody has to. E- even, even if it's, like, a little bit greasy, firstly, the, the, temp, the, the um, weather conditions are completely changed. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the track is only going to dry up the more the car is driving on it. So unless you know there's going to be rain, you you you, you twist here, I think. Yeah. Um, however, we get around the you know the corner to the pits, and you're going, oh, everyone's pitted, until it cuts to Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> on his own he, on the grid. He was so unfortunate what? because that is the last position you want to be in when there's a tricky decision. Yes. Firstly, he doesn't have any communication with his pit wall. Well, he, he can talk to yes. them, but they can't talk to him because it's just... Yeah, they can't tell him what to do. Uh, interestingly, mm-hmm. go back to Hungary last year. Um, both of the Haas drivers pitted under the restart because uh, their team On the formation told lap, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, you need to get in, you get onto the dry tyres. And it worked, it was the right thing to do, but they weren't allowed to be told that. So from yeah. that situation, they both got a figure like a 10 second penalty so like that's that, yeah, why yeah. Mercedes couldn't tell Hamilton to pit but basically as soon as he went past he, if he'd have gone in everyone would have followed him he didn't and then it was kind of like who bites first and it just so happened that second place bit first <laughs> which meant everybody bit and everybody picks yeah, everybody well, goes onto the mediums and everyone's laughing <laughs> I mean the thing is as well like it's worth because um, at the time I was like, "What on earth are Mercedes doing?" Like they've, they've, like because let's be fair. As soon as Verstappen was out of the race, you were like, this "I don't know about you, but but in my head, it was a case of by how much Hamilton would win by not if yeah. he would win, right?" Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he was on the grid, and I thought, "Oh, Mercedes have thrown this away, completely thrown it away." However, in hindsight, and having listened to lots of different opinions, I can understand why they didn't because. Obviously, as the reigning champions, Mercedes have the first pit garage in the pit lane. If Hamilton yeah. pits and get his new tyres, he's then got to wait for the safe release yeah, for all I, the other I cars have, going past. I have heard that opinion, However, but I don't yes. agree with it. <laughs> Surely, because because of the time you lose in a pit stop compared to how long he would have actually been there. Like, in a sense, he, his position is sort of protected once he's out. And... Mm. He's not going to be at the back, but by not going in, he's going to be at the back regardless because he can't yes. do a lap quicker the, than what the, this is. This is what I mean. So I and and this is the point. I feel like it's kind of whereas before I was like hundred percent wrong decision. I'm kind of like seventy percent wrong decision. Thirty percent can understand. Um, like because like like you said, even if he had lost first. You're not telling me that if he had pitted, he would have had to have waited for every no. single one of those cars to and, get past. And half even, of those cars if, are going to be sharing a pit lane with somebody. So they're yeah, exactly, be exactly. So yeah, as in it was. Um, but I can understand it was a bit of a lose-lose for Mercedes. That perhaps at the time of watching, I didn't perhaps uh, didn't 
didn't perhaps appreciate quite as much. So yeah, we're in, we're now you know in this bizarre situation. We're having lost, you know, we've lost five or six cars already. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got one on the grid, and the rest are in the pit lane. An, an absolute um, frenzy in the pit lane. Ocon yeah, it was carnage. Seconds, then Russell. Well, whilst everyone was parked waiting for the actual start to happen, Russell went. Well, jokes on you guys. I'm just going to go around you, <laughs> and then did that and actually pipped Ocon out of the uh, the pit lane to start the restart. Um, there was Raikkonen was unsafely released, meaning that he took off Mazaspin's tire, um, which meant he was out of the race. Yeah. Um, some people, I mean, Gasly was a big loser because Sonoda was also in the race and ahead of him, so he actually had to wait. So I, I think uh, yeah, they Gasly double, double, dropped uh, massively down. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The leaderboard, but. Yeah, it was. was Well, and the best of it was, like, (laughs) I don't know about you, like, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan, but as they were doing the lap. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Are you a Verstappen fan by any chance? I'm a Leclerc fan, I am. But I'm I'm a a fan of the underdog that isn't Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) Right, okay. Why are you not a fan of Bottas then? (laughs) Uh, Well, I would be if he could actually (laughs) contend. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's a shot fired. Um,. But yeah, they, like they so basically they do the restart. The lights are going out. Most uneventful restart ever, I might add. Like when there's one car on the grid, it doesn't quite have the same uh, feel, you know. Um, anyway, Hamilton does, and he's kind of like just starting the third sector, and the radio comes on the TV, and Hamilton goes, "Yeah, guys, this track is dry." <laughs> he's like, "Thanks, <laughs> cheers, Jeff." Uh. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then um, they do the first lap. All carnage ensues. Exits in the pit lane. All of the cars together. It's, all chaos. Um, Hamilton pits because obviously he's still on the intermediate at this point, um, and he pits for the med- Did he go on the medium? Yeah, I think yeah, he did. He, he, medium, he did medium hard medium. Um, but the best bit was at that point we were like George Russell's going to be leading the Grand Prix in a Williams, mm. like because we didn't know that at what at this point we didn't know what had happened in terms of the pit lane because we didn't really see it because they just showed Hamilton we just starting Williams had done an absolute blinder and somehow Russell Yeah was yeah yeah. First. We saw Hamilton starting and coming towards the first corner followed by George Russell. Um and then obviously the comms had come through like George Russell like you can't do that you overtaken in the pit lane sort of thing. A bit of a unique scenario so you can understand yeah. why that sort of thing has happened. Because you can you can overtake people by being quicker in the pit. But when yes. they're all stationary, you're not allowed just to go round them and go, well, yes. yeah, jokes yes. on all you. <laughs> yeah, um, but then George Russell started dropping down the grids and you were like, are you serious? <laughs> like, the guy is in, he's leading the race and now he's got car problems? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, lap three was a bit chaotic. So, yeah, by the end of lap three, you know, so Hamilton had pitted. He'd done, he'd done lap three, come into the pits... He ends up in 14th, which at that point was last, because we've lost a load of cars. You've got George Russell, who then drops down, and then all of a sudden you've got Ocon, followed by Vettel, leading the race. Mm. Um, and there was like a nine-second gap between them yeah. and, well, to yeah, be fair, yeah. third place was Latifi. So Latifi was sort mm. of just holding everybody up, which does play quite big into the context of that was predominantly why those two ended up being a big chunk ahead of everybody uh, yes. towards the end of the race. So good on Latifi. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, in all seriousness, and I don't know whether we mention this later, but what a race for Williams. Yeah, we like, don't what, mention it they later, had, like, so say it now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, to be fair. But, like, they had they had a double points finish. Yeah, first Like, both time. of their drivers, 
This is the first time that George Russell's got points. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this this is like a big step in so for Williams. As in, like, let's be fair, Williams of two or three years ago would have finished rock bottom anyway, regardless of all of these shenanigans. But no, they stuck in there. And to be um, fair, Latifi was competing. He 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 would have yeah. remained third had uh, they not sort of fluffed up the um, pit stops. Because in the yeah. pit stops, I think he went a lap or two later than most other people, which meant they dropped from the end of cut, yeah. third all the way down to the like, fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, he's never going to catch up to people, but he was doing good yeah. enough to keep him behind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then we kind of had a little bit of a lull, didn't we? As in, Hamilton was kind of... He was catching, catching up it. to the back of the pap, but as he, he was struggling to kind of overtake, as was to be expected at Hungary. Um, and then we have we had we had a nice little battle between Max Verstappen in his heavily damaged Red Bull and Mick Schumacher in his hat. I, I don't know if you've it's seen the image of Verstappen's car, um, like as an overhead. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, and the, the, the board on the, on the right-hand yeah, yeah. side of his car. <laughs> was that was that after the red flag, or was that after? I do not know. But they didn't add anything okay. during the red flag. They could only tape it all up because it wasn't one of the changeable pieces. So whatever oh, wow. it was, I think was what he ended up driving with. But Man. yeah. So basically, Verstappen's driving around with the lowest downforce. Quite ironic, considering his cars had the most all season um, against yeah. the Haas, which has probably got the worst of everything. <laughs> and it was just like, here we go, two titans, Verstappen and Schumacher, <laughs> battling it out. Proper. Yeah, races. and it was a great. Yeah, it was. It was a good bit of racing as well. Like you know, Mick Schumacher. I think. To be fair to Mick Schumacher, I think he was probably looking at it and going, this is probably one of the only times I'm going to be battling Verstappen for anyone. position this season. Well, yeah, anyone for position. Um, but yeah, particularly Verstappen for position. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna hold my ground here. And he did, to be fair. Like, I know um, eventually Verstappen got past, but then that's to be expected, I think, even in mm-hmm. the half red ball or whatever you want to call it. Um the Red Bull low downforce edition. Um, but yeah, brilliant driving. Um, so yeah, basically, then, I th- are we moving on too quick here? Or, or no, are we happy to kind keep of power. keep going lap by lap? Yeah. Okay, so we kind of get to lap 20. Um, and then Mercedes, I think they can kind of see that... Um, they couldn't get past either Gasly yeah, so, or Verstappen no. or Ricardo. So, I, th- I think they were probably just as quick. Well, probably a bit quicker, to be honest, but th- I don't think they were quite quick enough to get around, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Hungary's one of those circuits that is, is quite hard to overtake, so I think, really, if you're going to overtake, you've got to be significantly quicker than than the car uh, ahead of you. So they kind of got, got stuck a little bit, and the longer it was going on, the more and more you were like, well, if Hamilton has any chance of a, a, a decent finish... Firstly, the tyres are wearing out. He's using, you know, a lot of his, uh, his recovered energy to just kind of keep up with the car ahead. Um, so Mercedes then decided to pit Hamilton um, onto the hards, wasn't it? So he did, excluding moving off the intermediates, he did medium, hard, medium was his uh, was his strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, their strategy was, right, you go on the hards, but you, like, go... All out, yeah, like you just, you just drive as quick as you can. Yeah, incredible. you you literally go. And, and what was as quick genius as you can. 
What was genius about it was that the hards had a 50 lap lifespan, quoted by Pirelli. Mm-hmm. I know, never, never trust that 100%. Pinter salt. Um, but there were 50 laps remaining. So on paper, it looked like they were going for the undercut and they were just going to stick it out on those tyres. But in actuality, they were going for the undercut. And for all of those guys who react and try and replicate them, they weren't aware of what Mercedes were doing. And they were actually going to shred those tyres to oblivion and then go on to another set of mediums later on. But obviously all those guys have gone onto the hards, they've shown their hand, and it's like, oh, they they they, yeah. they almost realised too late. They couldn't really get the benefit out of the hards that they wanted to if they were to have shredded them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. They weren't going to have gained anything by doing so. Well, um, interestingly... Of all of the sources for that, Signs was the one. Like in the car, didn't he? He was like, yeah, guys, we need to watch out, out for Hamilton. Yeah. But bearing in mind, Hamilton was probably about 10, 15 seconds back down the road. And Signs was like, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Signs was like, guys, we need to watch out for Hamilton. Like he was the first one to say it. So, like, fair play to him. Um, but yeah, it was then just a case of cat and mouse, really, as in Hamilton was. Oh, probably I worth noting that Hamilton did overtake both of the Stappen and Ricardo when they pitted the lap later. So he, he yes. managed to get past them both. He did, but I think that was I think that was part of the thinking, to be honest. Mm. I think Mercedes probably knew that realistically, if they had stayed on track, firstly, it would have been hard to overtake anyway because of the circuit. But as in, with the greatest respect, overtaking Giovinazzi is a different kettle of fish compared to Verstappen, isn't it? Um, or Daniel Ricciardo. Um, so... I mean, Giovinazzi is just such a good... No, I'm joking. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, no, as in... Yeah, so I, I think that was part of the thinking. But yeah, it, it kind of... It it suited Mercedes. It was two birds, one stone, wasn't it? It, it, it benefited them in terms of strategy, but also in terms of um, overtaking cars with the undercut. Um, Side note. Just going off from... Oh, go on, go on. Side note on Giovinazzi. Um, probably made the most outrageously bad call of the weekend to... Pit lap yes. one, uh, no, well not not lap one on the formation, formation lap, lap for lap one onto a set of mediums when it clearly everyone was thinking do we go inters or wet? Uh, everyone was on the inters and he went let's go mediums. Mediums. What on earth was he thinking? <laughs> I could not figure that out for the life of me. And then he ends up last, and it was like he's he's pulled a masterstroke by being last because he hasn't got caught up in any of the carnage, and he just goes and pit, yeah. he, he pits uh, before the red flag, so he ends up last anyway. It was like, good gracious, man! What are you doing, man? Pick something and stick with it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, if, I feel like if you went on Urban Dictionary, the definition would be Giovanazzi. <laughs> <laughs> Giovinazzi at Hungary would be the definition of gamble. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Oh yeah, this is what I was going to say. I tell you what I did like about this race. I can't remember the last time a driver was told for the whole race, right, drive flat out. Yeah. Like, it was... I, th- I found it really interesting, to be honest. I don't know why. But as in, like, uh, that makes... Do you know what? As I said that then, I sounded so, like, Welshy. Um, but, yeah, as in... I can't remember a time where a driver has been told to drive flat out for a... F- like, bearing in mind, this we're talking from, like, lap two or three. Yeah. So, like, 67 laps flat out. Murder the tyres. And they did. Yeah, yeah, just... just yeah. Um, I, I guess in some ways it helped that they kind of had... You know, it was throw everything, wasn't it? Because they were in last and they were trying to get points. But, yeah, sorry, go on. I, 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 could, uh, I was piecing something together. Carry on, you carry on. <laughs> okay, 
Um, so yeah, so Hamilton comes in for the hards, basically just pins his ears back. Um, and that was on lap... What lap was that? That was... 47. 40, lap 47 he decided to pit. Um, sorry, okay, I remember so, what I was going to say about you sort of shredding the tyres. I guess that's kind of what they were hoping for the sprint races. People just to be shredding tyres and going as fast as possible. Mm. But I guess when everyone's shredding your tyres, it doesn't really work out. So yeah. No, because it's because you don't get see. the differential. Absolutely. Maybe, yeah. Um, but anyway. But yeah, as in... So it seemed, you know, like, as you said, that Mercedes kind of... On the face of it, it looked like, right, Merck could go into the end... But as it got longer and longer, you were like, ooh, they have the option of going on to medium, and not just the mediums, a new set of mediums as well. And when they did that, they dropped from fourth down to fifth. That is how much time they'd gained on everybody else. It was not any remote idea that they were, you know, you lose one Mm. position, but you get a new set of tyres. You're doing it. Anyway, so as you say, you know, he's gaining a load of time. And the more and more this goes on, you're thinking, this is going to be Mercedes race again, isn't it? Somehow, so much Mercedes, they were just so much quicker. In steps, Fernando Alonso. Okay. That was by pulling far. One out, the pulling best. one out of the, uh, pulling one out from the from the back book oh. or the back catalogue. It was immense. I Honestly, that Absolutely is the best immense. driving we've seen this season. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It, a man on tyres, the worst, the worst, you know, he was on the hards, Hamilton on the mediums. The mediums mm. have been like five laps old at this point. The hards he was mm. at, they were 20 odd laps old. And he managed to hold him off for, mm. what was it, eight laps? Eight laps. And it was incredible it was like driving. It was just like, yeah, not, he just, I think this was Alonso going. Hamilton had the best of me when uh, they were in McLaren's. I'm, yeah. I'm going to ruin his day. <laughs> and he literally... And this is the sort of driving that I thought Verstappen was going to be showing, or had he not crashed out, uh, I thought might have shown in a sense of going, I've got nothing to lose. In Verstappen's situation, I'm ahead. So if you want to crash into me, great. We both go out and I'm still ahead. But in this scenario, Alonso's mm. kind of just like, I'm a, I'm a mid-table driver. You're top. You've got a lot more to lose than me. And he just... Literally was the most defensive driver I've seen. It was, it was honestly a, an exquisite piece of film to watch. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was fascinating to watch. And um, I know at the time, Lewis Hamilton said something along the lines of, "Oh, he's given me no space." Now, I obviously I don't know Lewis Hamilton personally, but I think he'll watch that back in reflection and go, "Nah, do you know what? That was just really good driving. It was sensational." That was just... It was brilliant driving. I mean, the thing is, I can understand why Hamilton was saying it at the time because they are going to like crazy speeds. So it probably felt a little bit like, "Whoa, dude, what are you doing?" But I did think it was quite ironic when he said, "Copy making moves like that at that speed." I thought, <laughs> "Mate, <laughs> did you watch Silverstone?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was it was one from the back catalogue for Fernando Alonso, and uh, with the greatest respect to Esteban Ocon. As far as I'm concerned, Fernando Alonso won in that race. He did. He did. Like, he knew and, his job. And this is what I mean. Yeah, so like you say, it was like eight laps. Um, and it was only because... I say only because. I think eventually Hamilton probably would have got him anyway. But yeah. Alonso ran deep into turn one and Hamilton just kind of went up the inside and mm. that, that was that. Then he made it stick. Um, <clears throat> like the most beautiful part of Alonso's defensive mm. driving was he took the wrong line into almost every corner because it was the defensive line to take yeah, but what, yeah, yeah what he was smarter what he did that none of the other drivers were doing to hold hamilton up was he wasn't accelerating 
he would go through the slower and then Hamilton would sort of take a wider berth but then cut back. That was how he'd overtake people or get, mm. get ahead of them. Instead, Alonso just didn't accelerate. So when Hamilton goes to do the cutback, He's still there, Hamilton's and then he'll just yeah. yeah. So we yeah. So it's like okay, you both go from a standing start to the next turn. And yeah, it's basically, Alonso was placing his car on like just in the right place. Yeah, and rather than basically, he was going for he, he never the cut defensive line rather than just trying to go quicker than yeah. Hamilton on the fastest line. Yeah. If that makes sense, genius. Um, and and yeah, like you said, it, it, it was at no point was it um. At no point was it dirty. There was no sort of weaving no. or anything like that. There was that one point where they kind of went side by side. And you were like, "Oh my goodness, that's close!" But but, but he was, just, you know, it was, yeah, it was who could take the line better, and he went, oh, yeah, well, "I'm going to take it up here." And that he, if he he, he yeah. played the right mm-hmm. angles and consistently mm. made Hamilton have to second guess himself in terms of where he was going to mm. go. Phenomenal. Anyway, lap yeah. sixty-five. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Ham- Hamilton manages to get past eventually. Um, he got signs fairly easily, didn't he? Yeah. Am I right in saying that? So it took him eight laps to overtake Alonso on when he had his freshest laps, probably with the mediums. It took him two yeah. laps to make up the 1.5 second deficit he had to signs and overtake him. It was like, that is how good Alonso was driving. Well, and am I right in saying as well that at the point when Hamilton overtook Alonso, he was something like seven seconds behind Vettel? 9.3. Was it nine point? He was nine point three seconds. And he finished point six two two laps behind. That's uh, seconds behind. Like that's mental. He made that up it? in two. No, three laps. He made up nine point three nine seconds. seconds. Well, and that just goes to show, like if it hadn't been for Alonso, yeah. Ocon would have been a sitting duck. Because Ocon was only was it wasn't he like a second ahead of Vettel? Yeah, or yeah. something like that. Like a second and a half. A second maybe? from Ocon to Vettel, and a second then from Vettel to Hamilton going into the final turn. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, it is worth saying. Like, it was it was a brilliant drive from Hamilton. Like he, it was it was all out for sixty seven laps, basically. Mm. Well, um, that was sort of what I took away from the race. And previously, I've been irked when I've thought Hamilton's benefited massively because mm. the Stappens had a tire blowout or the Stappens been done by something or other. You know, stuff that's sort of out of Stappens. Uh, Remit, but I can have absolutely no qualms. Oh, maybe they can even back to Imola when it's like, oh, he's benefited from that red flag. You know, he'd have been lapped by Alfa's yeah. car. But this one, yeah, yeah, I can have absolutely no qualms against Hamilton. He came from yeah. last, overtook everybody with whether that mm. be strategy or just flat out driving skill, and ended mm. up third, and then got promoted to second afterward. Um, yeah, unfortunate that for Vettel. Really yeah. unfortunate. Um, I mean. It's one of those ones where you're like, oh, does it really matter though? Mm. But it's the rules, so brutal. It is brutal. It is brutal. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. The thing that made me Do you want to chuckle say a little rules, bit sorry. though, <laughs> for those yes. <laughs> so we're talking about rules. You just have to. You're just gonna have to guess what rules we're talking about, people. If you're listening, um, no. Um, basically, yeah, pick a rule, any rule. Um, no, basically. So the the finishing uh, top three then was. Ocon, followed by Vettel, followed by Hamilton. Um, however, um, the FIA couldn't get a large enough fuel sample from Vettel's car. And, and am I and right result, to say that's just a check he's using legal fuel? Um, I think it's for two reasons. Now, I think, firstly, so they can do a test sample. 
Um, so obviously they need a, 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 a significant amount for that. Now, the rule is that they have to have, at any point during the race, they have to have a litre of fuel in the car, right? Um, at least a litre of fuel. Now, the Aston Martin had 0.3 of a litre. Aston Martin claimed that there was some there was 1.4 liters in the car but they could only pump out 3 uh, sorry 0.3 which to me doesn't make any sense if it's if you can't pump it out then where is it like in that's that would be my question yeah possibly but um yes so i think as you said there's they t- they do tests on the field to check that they you're not cheating however i also read which i thought was interesting and i don't know what the the um, measurements are in terms of litres to kilograms, but they say for every kilogram of fuel that's in the car, you gain 0.035 seconds. Ah, okay. So there is also, it's not just the testing, there's also a speed advantage that you get from having less fuel in the car. So does that mean, just going back to Baku, Perez, when he retired literally after the first turn... Mm-hmm. Of a fi- you know, after the race had finished. Does that mean they were thinking, we don't have much fuel, just retire the car there and we'll get the fuel out there and then? Do you think that was part of um, the I don't know. I don't know what... I, I think they may have had other issues, didn't they, for um, I, I can't remember for that one. But, that, but that, that is generally why cars stop on track a lot of the time. If they get to the end of the race and there isn't like a known issue and they stop on track, it's generally because they want to make sure that they've got enough fuel um, in the car. To, for testing, Hamilton's been pinged for that before in qualifying. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he yeah, has. I, I hear um, about in qualifying it's not the first time. You've got to be, a, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I know for the race, I, they don't pick you up for not mm, having fuel left, but they just mm, need to make sure. They I'll, get their I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know how stringent they are with the rule on races. I know for qualifying they're quite stringent, which makes sense because of what yeah. I said in terms of the the amount of fuel you have can lead to a time benefit or deficit or you know whichever perspective you're looking from. So I think they're really strict with it with that. I think if Aston Martin had been like maybe 0.8 or 0.9 of a litre, I think there may have been room for debate. Mm-hmm. But, but 0.3 in is really, really low. 0.3 is really low compared to 1 litre. As in that's a significant amount of fill that they're under the, uh, under the threshold. So very unfortunate. However, and as in they must have known. They must have known going around the track that they didn't have enough fill in the car. Um... Because yeah, it's just a bit of a bit of an unfortunate one for Vettel as well after a good drive. Um, well, yeah, very good drive. But <laughs> they were an excellent drive, yeah. Um, but I mean, ultimately, Ocon won. You know, first win in Formula One, the hundred and eleventh new driver, I believe. I don't know, but it is 11th. a new driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah new driver, new uh, new yeah, race yeah. winner. So uh, you know, that's always exciting to see in Formula One. Isn't it um, bizarre, though, that Ocon winning a Grand Prix isn't the most shocking thing that happened in a race? So much yes. happened. Like, when Gasly won the Monza, it was like, this is yeah, incredible, yeah. you know, great for them. This is like, there was so much else going on. I mean, <laughs> there was a yeah, period where was... there was nobody who deserved to be in the top ten in the top ten. It was like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> but, yeah. Absolute carnage. Um, yeah, but, yeah, the, the race was brilliant to watch. I mean... You had you had a bit of everything really. You had new people at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Hamilton coming from the back, race, having to race through the grids. I know he had 
he ben- well not benefited, but as in they tactically overtook some cars rather than overtaking them on track. Um, you had Mick Schumacher and Verstappen having a bit of a battle. You had Fernando Alonso rolling back the years. Um, Sainz had a good race as well. It's easy for Sainz to go under the radar because he didn't get on the podium, but I thought Sainz had a really that, good race. He did in the end. When Vettel gets kicked out, oh, yes, he's of the course. new third place. That's of the course. second time he's yes. had a third place out. Yes, it is, yeah. Are those his only two penalties? No, no, he would have finished on the podium no, no, in Monaco, I, wouldn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, no, he did get on the podium in the end. You're right. Mm. Um, but yeah, absolutely bonkers. So, overall, I thought it was a brilliant race. Yeah. Um, you know, I did feel a bit for Verstappen because, you know, Oh, he's got, he's got, he's so, he's been so unlucky. Well, and... <laughs> Nothing's gone his way so far. <laughs> he, he, he has been unlucky. I think, um, you know, it, it seems bonkers to me that after the dominance of Red Bull going into the summer break, Mercedes lead both the drivers and the constructors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the thing is... I mean, that, they, that, that's... So it's, it's so that they, They're going to well, the take it back, is, aren't they? It's, it's, it's so close as well. Like, as in, yes, Hamilton is ahead, but it's like six points. Like, that is nothing. And, you know, I always say this, over a course of a Formula One season, like, not necessarily the um, one in the British Grand Prix, because I think that was a racing incident, but, like, for example, what they had at Baku, um, you know, I still don't think the team was blameless, but I think to be punished like that is, you know a bit freak those sort of things but then you know equally Hamilton could have then been on for a podium and ended up with no points so you know these things kind of balance themselves out over the course of the season Mercedes haven't really had that kind of sucker punchy one yet I guess whereas you know things are kind of sailing and things just completely go wrong Um, I feel like in all honesty I feel like Red Bull haven't really made their advantage count in this first half of the season um when you see how dominant their car has been. Well, they um, haven't, but also but... I feel like they have. <laughs> Only because the ones... They, they didn't in Bahrain. Bahrain was bad on no, their part. Yeah. They should I, I, I think, but I, yeah, think, I think that's Baku, the one where... Yeah. You think of Silverstone and you think of this one. They, well, they're at least winning two of those, I think. And they're probably going to get another podium out of a stap and on the other. It's, they've been unlucky on those certain occasions but yeah I know what you mean it's it's the luck factor and at some point it's going to have to flip well yeah it, they, they balance themselves out but you know at the end of the day right now the championship is being led by Mercedes in both tr- championships which is baffling really when you consider what's uh, well really the, the Mercedes are winning this on the basis of Perez has not really done much a knock on has been the figure of um, stability uh, always finish. Oh, Bottas, you mean? Bottas, I mean, yeah. Who did I say? Yeah, yeah. Ocon. Ocon. Oh, good gracious. <laughs> Ocon, Bottas, Stroll. They're all as good as each other. They they all sound the same. Yeah. They all sound the same. Um, just a quick word on penalties then. Um, yeah, do you think you know, Bottas is soft or do you think it's harsh? Oh, it's, it's a tough one because it's like I said earlier, you can't look at the outcome. No. Really, but when you consider that one mistake has effectively wiped out three cars. And they will at some point all be taking, well, not all, because Leclerc one was a separate incident, mm. but those, you know, Bottas and Ocon are both going to, Ocon, Stroll, are both going to get their five grid place penalty. 
but those three drivers who've all been affected by these crashes are mm. also going to at some point. It's like, well, that event, you know, that that penalty is pretty much null and void. <laughs> mm. It just went. I mean, use it. Th- there is kind of a part of me that's like, that's just part of the sport. Yeah, as in, and unfortunately, I, I know, I know, I know it sucks, but, but, and but, I understand, uh, and I understand the frustration, but, you, but that think, is part of racing. Do you think teams and or drivers should be penalised uh, with a five grid place penalty if, or, or depending on whatever parts that uh, they have to replace because of an incident, because of another driver, if it isn't their fault? Do you think they should have to get penalties still? I mean, just looking on the face of it, you know, yes, Bottas and Stroll have caused all three of those to have to take another five seconds. <clears throat> Bottas did the same to Russell and Imola. I, I don't think actually Bottas had to change his then as well. Um, and to some extent, I know obviously it's mostly a racing incident, but the FIA did say that Hamilton was more at fault than Verstappen for the Silverstone incident, so they gave him a 10 second penalty. Mm. So that, that's another one which is added towards that sort of bank of engines which Verstappen's had to use. Do you not? Do you not think that... It's a bit harsh to make them sit five good place penalties for things which are as a result of other drivers. No, I don't think it's harsh at all. Wow. You think just it's purely just a racing incident? Like this just it's, happens it's, in racing. It it just happens in racing, and like ultimately, like it really makes me chuckle when Christian Horner comes out and goes, "Oh, we're working in a cost cap environment." You like, how do you think like Haas feel? Like, how do you think like, for example? Nikita Mazepin has a very unfortunate incident in the pit lane. Yes, it was caused by him, but it's still an unfortunate incident. Like, that sort of incident has much more of an impact on Haas than it would on Red Bull. Like, Red Bull are one of the top teams. Um, I understand that a cost-cap environment makes things more difficult, but that's just part of the sport. Like, that that's just how it is. I, I don't understand why... I'm more. I'm more you know, so looking at it from the 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 five grid place penalty. You know, penalties for things which you know racing incidents which weren't somebody's yes. fault. Yes, I mean the 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 difficulty is. This one is slightly different because it's clearly a mistake from Bottas. But you're in danger of if you're going to penalise people really harshly for mistakes. You're going to have drivers not going for things for fear of being heavily penalised. I'm not I, saying I to penalise those guys more. I'm just saying that you shouldn't penalise the guys who've not really yeah, the done drivers. Because if you think like to football, if one team has an outbreak of COVID, they're not going to instantly say, right, neither of this game doesn't go ahead and we're not going to play it again and neither team gets the opportunity to get points because that would unfairly reflect on the other team. They rearrange it. They find ways to accommodate but for then, the issue. But then, for example, now, you, I think... One issue you'd have is you'd have um, teams claiming, oh, well, this engine got damaged in this yeah, incident, so we've got to replace it. And I guess it's like, if you imagine in football, imagine like when Virgil van Dijk got injured, right? And he was out for the season. It would be like Liverpool turning around and going, oh, well, we should be able to sign another centre-half because our main centre-half has got injured. Like, immediately. Weirdly, like they, they do, do in La Liga. In Spain. Yeah. Exactly. But... Is there an element which then Liverpool can gain an advantage? I know there are other factors. It's not the perfect analogy. You know they can because gain an Virgin advantage Theory elsewhere. could just come back the week later and they go, oh, he's exactly. Miraculously you know, okay. I, 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 I get what you're saying. It is very unfortunate, you know, like for Red Bull. You know, they've had a couple of incidents in a row now where at some point they're probably going to have to pay the penalty. 
equally, that's just part of the sport. Like, yeah, that, that's how I feel. That, I is, that is just how yeah. I feel. Fair. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, I I do think it's a valid point of view. Um, I mean, it just feels you know, harsh I, I, on my side. Just, yeah, just no, like, it is. Oh, it like, is. What have they really done? Like to deserve it is. That. It is unfortunate. Like I know it it's a part of the sport, and you can manipulate yeah. things in some situations. But when it's clearly, you know what I mean, something's happened, and quite clearly that's going to affect mm. the engine. I mean, you look at like that Russell and Bottas one. I think if the FIA can look at something and go, "That is massive," um, then you can, you know, you, you could even include it as a part of the penalty. So, you know, they said, okay, we'll give Bottas a five grid play penalty and these three cars don't have to because mm. we can cl- clearly see that he's damaged those three cars. Um, mm. I guess this this is, it comes down to the dilemma of... <clears throat> just you know, the FIA need to do, sort out penalties and stuff. Well, do, but then do you judge penalties in the context which they occur or do you do it by the rule book? I guess that's very much FIA. like the British and American legal systems where... The British yes. legal system works on the basis of what's happened in the past and what can we say, well, it's like that one, so we replicate that for now. Or do you go for the American one where they say each guy, each individual um, circumstance, mm. we do a different type of penalty or whatever. Exactly. This just got uh, very deep very quickly. One. I prefer the American one, that's all I'm saying. Well, well, it seems like the FIA preferred the British one. Yeah. Oh, well. And on that note... <laughs> Do we have anything else to add? Um, what's your opinion on Socrates? Uh, no. <laughs> Too much to think. And Any other thoughts on the race? I know we've spoken about penalties. Um, uh, we've got here in the notes about uh, Norris, but we've I, I feel like we've kind of covered that already. Yeah. We? we kind of covered that at the start. Yeah. Um, just we've spoken about that. Bottas and Stroll. Yeah, okay. I feel like... Um, I feel like we've kind of covered everything. Yeah, well done us. Well done, us. That was, to be fair, like that was a lot of stuff to dissect. Pretty hectic race, yeah. Pretty hectic race. Here's to, uh, here's to the Formula One return after the summer break being equally as exciting. And I think it will be. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, the thing is, like, I can't remember. What is the race? It's been so. Sorry. What is the race after the return? Uh, that is a very good question. I shall have a look now. I know Zandvoort's in there somewhere. Um, Let me have a look. I tell you what, looking ahead, I don't know, probably could do a whole podcast on this, but looking ahead, you've got Saudi oh, Arabia. Spa. spa, Saudi Arabia, you've got Abu Dhabi, you've got Zandvoort. What else have we got? Monza. Anything else that I've missed? Russia. Um, um, Russia. Anything else? Turkey. Is Turkey. Oh. Suzuka. Kota, do we have Australia? Mexico? No. It's cancelled. It's been cancelled. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, oh, Brazil. Some, some good Brazil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We've got some of the best circuits still to come, in my opinion. Will oh, it go yeah. down to the wire? Say, say that. Down to the wire. Will it go down to the down wire? Down to the wire. <laughs> I think it will go down to the wire. Um, I think these the, all of this season is going to go down to the last race, literally down to the wire down to the wire and on that note before we do everyone's head in that is the end of this podcast um if you didn't know you're listening to the what podcast jack down to the wire <laughs> yes you are listening to the down to the wire podcast down. um 
if you're listening, <laughs> you can do it again. If you're listening on YouTube, why not subscribe? We uh, do fairly regular podcasts. This is episode thirty-seven um, of the Down to the Wire podcast. Of the Down to the Wire podcast. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, why not give us uh, a follow? Um, we're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, Pocket Casts. Yeah. Um, we will be returning. I'm not sure when. But we will be returning for a Premier League preview. Mm-hmm. Um, whoop whoop. It'll be interesting to see what happens with transfers between now and then. But until then, Jack, thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure as always, and we shall speak to you all soon.